Thank you. <laughs> Not enough hands to... Well, good morning. Like I said in prayer, we're blessed that you're with us today, joining in the house of the Lord and worshiping with us together. And as we do that, we can expect that God will move and lead us and guide us. It's kind of what we're looking at in the 23rd Psalm this morning, is that the Lord, our shepherd, guides us and leads us. We have been studying Psalm 23 and kind of taking it verse by verse and the powerful uh, principles that are there. And, and um, we just love the, the heart behind it. There's some simple uh, verses, simple lines in there that just have very deep meaning. And the 23rd Psalm is one that um, even people that don't know the Lord or don't attend church or never you know, know God very well, they've heard of Psalm 23, and it's a psalm of, um, that brings comfort oftentimes and um, just brings the, the truths of uh, God's love and, and puts it uh, in a way that's just very meaningful. And so um, we just love to go through that together and kind of bring up the shepherd's uh, staff as just a symbolic way of uh, viewing the, the shepherd and uh, I believe it's next week that we'll talk about his rod and his staff and what you know it's not just a candy cane uh, for no reason but uh, it actually has purpose to the curve and the crook in it and the length and and all that we see the shepherd's staff often uh, we don't always see the shepherd's rod but his rod and his staff uh, comfort us and they have purpose and so we'll look at that in the coming weeks as well and so um, join us be sure to join us for that I'm going to stand this up over here and so far each week it's stayed standing for us and not knocked me out so uh, <laughs> we'll go with that with the um, I didn't really find any sort of funny sheep story to uh, tell you today. Uh, I thought, you know, there's plenty of stuff on the internet, or you know, we can dig for, and just nothing uh, popped up today that uh, would would fit well. So we're just going to kind of jump right in. We've titled our series "Our Lord, Our Shepherd," and. Uh, why don't we read Psalm 23 together, if you could go to the next slide there. Okay, read it with me. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Some of us had memorized it uh, different ways, still waters and mercy instead of loving kindness, but uh, we want to dig deep and see what all of those mean anyways. So today, I want to start out, we're going to focus on verse 3. He restores my soul, he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to give you a glimpse into uh, your pastor's mind uh, this morning as I prepared uh, for this whole series and kind of started out. I wrote out uh, the different topics that we could cover. Um, I listed each one that, that Psalm 23 addresses. I shall not want. He gives me rest. He restores my soul. He leads me. He is with me. So on and so on and so on. Last week, I preached about rest and and the emphasis of removing the heavy yoke that's so burdensome, right? And that uh, we should take on the yoke of Christ that's easy and and lightweight. And uh, Jesus teaches that in Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. And I thought he restores my soul would be a separate truth to dig into, Um, it's the start of, the, of this next verse. And I begin to study uh, this week, and I'm thinking to myself, Kevin, uh, you really messed it up. The flow of the psalm and where our, uh, where our soul, um, where our soul would be restored and, and would have a wonderful, you know, it would have been great to include that in the rest that uh, we get from verse 2, because when we rest, our soul is restored, right? And so I thought, man, I should have put it up there. I wanted a separate sermon for the part of he guides me in the paths of righteousness. And so I thought, man, after I already preached, I can't go back to last Sunday and and add in (laughs) he restores my soul, right? So I'm thinking, how how is this going to go? And so I'm kicking around this thought of how do I preach this entire sermon on he restores my soul and then next week we could do he leads me in paths of righteousness. But then I got to looking a little closer at the verse and where it says he restores my soul, there's a semicolon and um, the New American Standard, or actually the King James has a colon there. The New International Version and the ESV, I believe it's the English Standard, it's the one that's in your uh, chairs there. They put a period after he restores my soul and then he guides me in the paths of righteousness. Okay? This may, not, this may be one grammatical... Um, you know, tool that uh, we don't, we may just kind of skip over and not think, it's not that big of a deal. But this shows the difficulty that uh, when you're trying to take a a Hebrew language of 2,300 years ago and translate it exactly into the English language and and still try to get the message that David, the psalmist, is, is getting across, is trying to teach us, here, this kind of shows the difficulty. Do we add a period? Do we put a colon, semicolon? For us that don't really care a whole lot about English, I usually don't really uh, look at it a whole lot. But 
I, I looked a little bit deeper here. What is David trying to say? And the most important part, what we do know about what David is trying to say, is that verses 1 through 3 uh, are, are one thought. And then there's a break before verse 4. And so the, this whole, this whole complete thought, um, we, we want to take a look at that. That after restores my soul, there's not a, there's not a sentence break or a, or a paragraph break. Okay, the colon or the semicolon placed after restores my soul. It's placed there to link the two thoughts. He restores my soul and he guides me in the paths of righteousness. Okay. Um, in the English grammar, again, I had to look this up. I'm not a perfect uh, English teacher here, but um, the colon has a variety of uses, and here it would be connecting two related sentences. The semicolon, uh, which this translation uses, the semicolon is very similar, and it is used to connect two independent but related clauses. And so here's what David is teaching us today, okay? All that to say this. Once we are content, and once we are rested up, and, and once we are nourished, then our soul is restored. And we are ready to be led down the path to right living. Our shepherd cannot lead us in the paths of righteousness if our souls have not been restored. Okay? If you're taking notes, I put that in red. I think I even gave it its own slide if you go to the next one. Our shepherd cannot lead us in the paths of righteousness if our souls haven't been restored, if they're still corrupt, if they're still wandering, if they're still wanting to do their own thing, if they're still... Um, Influenced by other uh, habits, addictions, other relationships, okay? The rest and nourishment that he gives us while we lay in green pastures beside the still waters, it has the purpose of restoration. We're not just sitting around, okay? Being, calling it a lazy day, just sitting there doing nothing, okay? God is working in us. True restoration comes when we allow God to minister healing, whether it's physical, emotional, uh, spiritual healing. And like we said last, last week, the process of unloading the heavy burdensome yoke that Jesus was talking about and encouraging them to do, that process um, might not be quick, it might not be simple, to just say, oh yeah, I'm going to pick up Jesus' yoke like he said and, and it's going to be easy and, and great and fun and life's going to be awesome, okay? That, that, it may not be as quick and easy as just taking one off and putting the next one on. Sure, there are some of the causes of our soul's corruption and habits that could be stopped or relationships that can be ended fairly quickly and and we would immediately see a difference. But other things that damage our soul and could be um, deep hurts that take time with Jesus to heal. Um, not time alone, 
doing nothing and thinking, okay, I rested for five minutes, let's go, I'm ready to go, okay? But taking time and spending time with the Lord. Some of that, uh, what we need, that deep restoration isn't something that's going to happen in one church service or one prayer time or one moment with the Lord. But it's gonna, it might take some time. I want to tell you uh, two ways that our soul gets restored and kind of setting us up for uh, how he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Okay, our soul gets restored two ways. First, that salvation. So we're born into a sinful world. We all kind of know this uh, part. Uh, we sin and we corrupt our soul. And in so doing, uh, we destine our soul for an eternity spent in hell. But we have a Savior in Jesus Christ that when we repent and when we seek forgiveness, okay, our, when, we, we, when we ask for that forgiveness and when we uh, repent of those sins, He does it. He cleanses us and He purifies us and He washes away all of that and He restores our soul. It is then that we're no longer destined for hell, but destined uh, to spend eternity with him in heaven. The second way that our soul is restored is when life's trials and problems, either brought upon by our own uh, bad choices or the choices of others, life is hard, it's not fair. I would often tell uh, young people that, I want to promise you that becoming a Christian will solve all your problems and life will be smooth and easy, um, but it's not always that way because the choices that we make are choices that others make that influence us. Life is hard. Life is not fair. I think, Cindy, we just had a conversation about that this morning, right? Life is not fair. Even the most perfect Christian, the very best sheep, is going to go through some times that our Lord and, and our Lord and our Shepherd will stop us and say, "You need to rest. You need to take a moment. Come over here near the green pastures. I got some uh, quiet waters. That's that's going to your soul will find restoration there. And once our soul has been restored." We're ready to go again. We're ready to go. We're ready for action. We're not supposed to sit and rest. Jesus doesn't tell us to rest your whole life. No, he has a great commission for us. He has things for us to be doing and purposes in our life. But we need to remember there are times that we need to stop and rest. Okay? So once our soul is restored, we are ready to go again. And we find our related sentence, thank you to Mr. Semicolon, that says, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The shepherd was a guide. <clears throat> the sheep didn't need to know, where's the, the next grassy pasture I'm going to go to? Where's the next still waters that I can find uh, peaceful uh, drink and nourishment and rest? 
The sheep didn't worry about where they were going to go, how they were going to get to the next, where is the next pasture, okay? All it needed to know was where the shepherd was. Similarly, for us, in order for us to stay fed, to stay strong in the Lord, and to be able to live for him, we must know where our shepherd is. You getting that point? It's good? <laughs> our good shepherd. He doesn't lead us on dangerous trails. It's a contrast with a soul that's corrupted or damaged. When we have not submitted to God and our soul is still full of evil, sin is leading us down these steep and these treacherous trails. Danger is around every corner. But God guides us on paths of living right, the best living, how to live right. I want to tell you about a story of uh, me (laughs) leading my son down a treacherous and dangerous path, okay? We went to about five years ago, now we went over to Glacier National Park. You guys, have you guys been there before? You even heard of Glacier National Park? Okay, beautiful park over on the western Montana. You need to go there uh, once in your lifetime. Okay, uh, but uh, the family went. This is before Levi, thank the Lord. But uh, Ben was probably 11 years old. And we're going on this hike. I, I would tell you, I would be open to, to let you know where it was, but I can't remember and I couldn't find it in my pictures and stuff, but we had stopped, and there's a creek running down, um, stream, sometimes it would be a creek, sometimes it would be a stream, maybe even to the size of a river, but where we were at, you know, kind of a big stream, and we got off, and we're kind of walking through, and they have nice paths, and they have bore, um, like decks that you can walk out on, walkways with good strong boards that you can walk on and get out and you can see it and so we're walking along and and um we get out to this deck that kind of overlooks and you can look down and kind of the waters i don't know probably as wide as the stage here and not really rushing hard it was kind of a, a calm part of the the stream and so we're standing there and um I'm not really that danger. I'm not going to like push the limits of danger, but I also like to help people experience life, okay? And so we're standing on the deck and there's maybe 10 other people kind of along this area and, and we're just all kind of watching and, and this is fun, this is cool. And I see one guy kind of further down, but he had gotten off the trail and he had gone down and gotten to the water. And I thought, you know, this is like a... Probably not a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but, you know, we don't make it to Glacier that often. And so Becky has uh, left us in, in, you know, a way. And so then, of course, I feel a little more at ease to do whatever I want to do, right? Because <laughs> mom's not around. And so I'm standing there, and I see this other dad, you know, a little ways away, down, going down to the water. And I felt like, you know, there's no signs that say not to. And there's maybe a dirt path down there. So I said, Ben, do you want to go down to the water? Yeah, let's go. 
And so I, I walk down there, and there's people up on the trail watching us, and you know they're kind of higher up there. And so I, we go down to the water, and oh, this is fun, tossing rocks in. And there's a giant rock. I mean, it's probably half of the stage. And and so we go walking out on it, and the the stream's like right there, the water's right there. So we're looking at it, having fun, and it doesn't look very deep to me. There's rocks everywhere, right? And so uh, I think we're okay, we're good. And I turn to do something else, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever caught my attention over here, and I hear a splash, <laughs> and I look back, and Ben has fallen down, and all I see is his little arm reaching up, and he's grabbing the rock, and he's fully under the water, and I reach down, and I grab him, and I pull him up, and he's just drenched, and when I pull him up, I can look down, and the glacier water is very clear, and you can, it's probably 20 feet down there, <laughs> really deep, and I thought, whoa, and it was literally just two seconds of me turning around and him there and him out of the water again. And I'm st- I pull him out and I'm just like, whoa. And I look up and <laughs> there's like 10 people looking at me like I'm the father of the year here. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, we're going to, let's go find mom now. <laughs> so so um, I don't know how risky or I know it was really fun. We had a good laugh. Um, we're walking up the trail and, um, you know, both of us are pretty funny guys. And so we said, let's, let's see how long it takes for mom to realize that you're soaking wet. And so I try to like dry off his hair a little bit. We're, we're doing the walk of shame. We're walking by people that are looking at us like, what were you thinking? You know, so just a really great memory. And so we're walking up the trail and he's shivering, man. And we just get up there and go to Becky. Are you ready to go? We're, you know, we had a great time down there. And she looks at Ben like, what in the world happened to you? And like, let's just get in the car. We'll tell you more about it. Okay, so uh, she figured it out right away, really quickly. And so, but, you know, what, how it pertains to our story and our, our message today is that I, as a father, oh, Ben is right over there. Sweet, awesome. I didn't know you were over there. <laughs> Did I tell the story accurately? Okay, good. <laughs> but when we lead on our own and our selfish motives and whether we call it sin or evil, the, there's so many things in life, right, that are going to grab our attention and distract us from staying on the path of righteousness like all the other people who are up there and stay dry and safe and alive, okay? Um, but I wanted to be a little bit dangerous, and I wanted to set, have a little more fun than just observing how amazing the, the, the stream was. Man, I wanted to be on that. I wanted to be in that and take it in. But then danger comes along, right? <clears throat> the shepherd knows the path that is established. He knows the path that's flat, that's the straightest, that's, the, the, that's gonna lead the sheep to the best thing for it, right? The shepherd has the best for the sheep in mind. It knows where they should go next. The sheep doesn't have to worry where the green pasture or the still waters are. It needs to know where the shepherd is. 
okay? Its goal, the, the shepherd's goal is not to escort the sheep wherever the sheep want to go, okay? Uh, it's li- that would likely be hard to harm themselves. But its goal is to guide them to the place that is in their best interest. And our shepherd, the Lord, our God, our shepherd will align us with the established path of goodness, of right activity or right living because he is the good shepherd. So that takes us to the next uh, portion of our verse, the paths of righteousness. I want to break this uh, verse down a little bit and I I believe it will pull out some real deep truths here. The word for path, when we think uh, guides us in the path of righteousness, we may think oh, it's any sort of a trail or um, you know, dirt path or whatever road. Okay? But what David in the original language was trying to uh, convey is a course of conduct, uh, the path that we should be on to live right, how we should act, how, what we should be doing. And the the word righteousness there is adhering to a moral or holy standard, honesty, justice, uprightness. So God, our shepherd, our Lord, our shepherd, leads us, showing us how to live holy, moral, uh, morally right according to his standards, right? So What are these paths of righteousness? George Wood uh, gives us a quick list as I've referenced his um, book on Psalms that I've been reading through or what I read through about Psalm 23. With this, he said, He causes me to stay on a straight path, a narrow, grooved trail of right rather than wrong, obedience rather than rebellion, service, rather than self-absorption, discipline rather than impulse, and cross-bearing rather than indulgence. We know the distinction because my sheep know my voice, John 10.4. We've gone back to that, uh, that teaching from Jesus. So how do we stay on the paths of righteousness? Okay, How do we, in real life, no, uh, sometimes when I've been putting together these lessons, <clears throat> we can, the, the message can get confused with the analogies of the sheep and, and how we're led and stuff. So how do we know what is the right living and what is the, the, these paths of righteousness that he's getting to? <clears throat> uh, we can discover that from one word, that we need to follow Jesus. We need to follow our shepherd. The sheep follow their shepherd. They know his voice. We need to know our shepherd's voice. So we need to follow. There's three things, uh, kind of the main point of our message today. There's three things uh, that we should follow to know what the paths of righteousness are in our life. Number one, follow Jesus. Remember at the church in the park, awesome time that day, but we talked about Peter keeping his eyes on Jesus while he's walking on water, okay? And 
we, we uh, discovered that the moment in which Peter sank into the water and stopped walking on water was when? When he took his eyes off of Jesus and he realized there's a storm and the waves were crashing against him and he's on top of the water and boom, when he took his eyes off Jesus and onto the storm, onto the waves, he sank. Okay? We must keep our eyes on Jesus and he will keep us on the path. Hebrews 12 um, to the end of verse 1 and kind of the beginning of verse 2, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author of our faith, the perfecter or the complete, the finisher of our faith. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Our faith begins with Jesus, and our faith is completed with Jesus, <clears throat> it comes to completion with him and everything in between. Our Christian faith is a journey following Jesus. He often used that word when he called the disciples, come follow me. And when he said, any, he, he told the other believers, anyone who would follow after me needs to deny himself and take up his cross. So there's this <clears throat> expectation that Jesus was having uh, that is this word, follow, follow me, follow me. It's not just a, uh, okay, I'm going to walk behind you and where are you going to, what are you going to do for me today? Where are you, what green pastures are you going to take me to today? Where are we going today? But it's uh, um, learning uh, what he's teaching, uh, learning how he lived, Doing, uh, finding what he taught and following that. Finding out how he lived and follow that. Praying to him. Jesus is praying for you. And he promises that the Holy Spirit will be sent to you to help you live. And so this, this relationship with Jesus that we're following him is so deep. He's not expecting you to figure out how to live right. Okay, he's, say, he's saying, come, follow me, and all these things, all the promises are there for us. And, and, and above all that, the Holy Spirit is sent. And, and above all that, Jesus himself is praying to the Father. He's interceding for each of us. So we need to follow Jesus, and we'll learn how to live. The second way, the second thing we should follow is the Word of God. Hey, follow the Bible. Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The same analogy here. We're walking on a path. And His Word, okay, gives us light to be able to see the way that we should go. And, and it leads us that way. There's some, uh, to, to get a little deeper, as you're reading the Word, uh, you know, often this is kind of going back to the basics a little bit. Yeah, I know I should read the Bible. I know I should pray and 
follow Jesus. And sometimes uh, when we're reading the Bible, some things are laid out very plainly. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not do this. Some of that is very easy uh, to do. Okay, but, but sometimes there's uh, other ways that we're reading lessons, um, we're reading events or parables, and we have to figure out what, what does this mean for me. So we need to study it. We need to um, read it. Ask the Lord, clarify this in my mind. Help my brain to shut off everything else. I'll admit, there's times that I have to read a verse five times in a row because I'll read it not understand it. My mind's somewhere else. I'll go back, read it again. What did I just read? I don't remember. Let me go back and read it again, okay? We have to discipline ourselves and say, okay, I got to figure out what this means. What is it saying? How is it supposed to change my life instead of just zooming through? And if something we don't understand, I'll just, whatever, we'll figure it out later. (laughs) No, we need to study, pray, ask the Lord, be in a, a study group with others, okay? We have a few going on in our church here, and I know there's others that meet and, and discuss it, okay? If none of those uh, work for you, come. Uh, come to the church during the week. Come talk to me. Buy me a Pepsi, and I'll chat with you, okay? Uh, Steve comes in, uh, and he brings me a Pepsi. We sit in the lobby and have a good uh, conversation, Okay? I, I, I'll meet you at a coffee shop too, but um, I usually have Coke or I think uh, the Garden Gate does Coke, right? So uh, not a huge coffee guy, but we'll meet there too. But here's the point. The third one, you need to follow others. If you're not understanding uh, the word, the, the Bible that you're studying, man, try to find someone that you can discuss it with. Right? Try to study with others. Find other uh, Christ followers who you respect and, and who you know are living right and follow their example. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When we talk to one another and we are, are, are discussing, you know, a truth from God, what's going on in a God, you know, what's God doing in our lives, we're uh, having those conversations, we're sharpening one another and we walk away like, man, this is a good conversation. My faith was built up in that moment. First Thessalonians 5 Uh, Verse 11, Paul says, encourage one another and build each other up, okay? When we encourage each other, uh, we all know there's not one perfect Christian that we could all go to and say, oh, we're going to follow and be like this guy, okay? That is Jesus Christ. Being a Christian, the word Christian actually means follower of Christ, like Christ. That's who we need to follow. But there's other people just like us in the world that we can follow and we can work with, that we can be with, that we can learn from, that's going to help our faith grow and it's going to help us to live right and be on this path of righteousness. Paul told the Corinthian church, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 
He wasn't being arrogant to say, look at me, I'm awesome, you need to follow me and do what I do. He was saying, look at me, follow what I do because I'm following Christ. Okay? And so as we follow others who are following Christ, we'll be able to see that example and how they're living and, and be able to grow and learn from them. And so when we do that, I want to include, uh, conclude in this way uh, a little bit early, but Steve and, and if anyone else is coming on the worship team, you could come now. I want to conclude in this way that I hope I don't get too basic uh, for you today, but the beauty of Psalm 23 is the reflection that David makes on his life his experience as a shepherd and how it relates to his relationship with God. And there's uh, beauty in the simplicity of it, but how important it was that he made his Lord his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, he wrote. And when we do that also, when we make the Lord our shepherd, then all of these promises are true. And here's the result. Proverbs 4, 11 and 12 says, I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. When we follow our shepherd down the paths of righteousness. They're going to be paths that won't impede us. They're not going to make us stumble. They're going to make us be straight and well and successful. We can even run and we're not going to stumble. Okay? They're going to, he's going to direct us in the ways of wisdom and he's going to lead us in those paths. Would you stand with me as we close today? I'll take away the staff. Just want to challenge you guys as we uh, close in uh, prayer today and we'll end with a song and I'd love to pray with you if you have anything today that you'd like to pray for but um, I want to challenge you today that you're being led in the paths of right righteousness right living and if there's any part of this process that you uh, feel like uh, you're missing this part Man, you need rest today or your soul needs restored. Whatever it would be, if, you're, uh, if you feel like you're wandering off and you're down in the creek and falling in about to drown, okay? And you need to get back on the right path. We can do that today. We want to make that commitment today. So Heavenly Father, God, I just love you, Lord. I thank you for these promises that are so true. Lord, you've restored our soul. And maybe there's some here that, that haven't had the soul restoration yet. Lord, would you do that today? God, as they pray to you, as they make that declaration today, God, would you help them just to begin the process of healing, of restoration? If it's something they can do and they need to eliminate a, a relationship or, or, or a struggle, a habit that they constantly fall into, if there's something that they can do right now to stop that, Lord, help them. Lord, if it's a process uh, that's going to take time, help them to stay true to that and faithful to
to that, Lord, that they would know you're working in their life. You're setting them free from these things. Bless them today. God, help us to stay on the path of righteousness. If we've wandered away, God, would you bring us back? Help us to stay close to the shepherd. Help us to say to know where you are and that we would stay with you, God. We love you, Lord. As we close in song, would you, uh, you just feel free to come up for prayer or pray in, in your spot there with us.